Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me today. So last night before going to bed, I saw that a lot of people, including a lot of leftists who you know I'm mutuals with and that I respect, were sharing this um, article by The Hill that reported that anywhere from you know 64% thereabouts of Republicans would swap their votes to a new party if that new party was led by Trump. So the immediate narrative of a lot of people was, this is great. It's, it's the destruction of the GOP. Split the right. This gives space for progressives to even have their own party. And like, okay, I get that. And that's not entirely wrong, but here's why I'm worried by where this could lead. So here's the thing, right? In American history, whenever one of the parties kicks the bucket, it's really only one, maybe two election cycles before the new party that supplants them takes over. This is what happened to the Federalists. This is what happened to the Whigs. This is kind of how it's happened historically in America because of the early entrenchment of the two-party system. With that in mind, I would like people to think about, or not so much think about, because I know most of you don't know this, but I'm here to give you a bit of a dire warning from here in the Great White North, because there are two somewhat recent instances of the right splitting and then reuniting, and then it can just be summed up as, and then things got worse. So I'm here to give everyone a quick little history lesson about the Conservative Reform Alliance Party, or the CRAP Party, as it was briefly known. Now, this party eventually became the Conservative Party of Canada, as we currently know it today. So what happened was, way back in the day, Canada's main Conservative Party used to be the Progressive Conservative Party. This is where most of our Conservative Premiers have come from, is from this party. The only conservative uh, prime minister since this party went the way of the dodo bird was Stephen Harper. And I know a lot of people don't like the nearly decade of power that Stephen Harper had in this country. So how did he get to be, you know, the leader of a new conservative party and get into power? It had to do with the splitting of the right, especially in the wake of, um, lots of changes in um, the national energy policy in the 1960s and 70s. This spurred a lot of Western alienation, and this led to the Reform and the Alliance Party, which then became the Reform Alliance Party. Very much a Western Canadian interests party, very socially conservative and also fiscally conservative. And so you basically had this issue where you had two conservative parties, one representing the West and one representing the East. And this very much split um, the politics in Canada, which allowed for other parties like the Liberals and at one point the Bloc Québécois to serve as the official opposition or as the governing party, mostly the Liberals. And then realizing, you know, by being split up, we can't generate this national strategy and that just means liberals winning more and more and we're all conservative here right so we don't like that that's far more horrifying to us than having to work with fellow conservatives and so the movement to unite the right got underway and then as they briefly served as the hilarious acronymed conservative reform alliance party 
They then eventually unified into just the Conservative Party of Canada, which is still around to this day. Now, it's interesting to note that this party is actually still mostly made up of Western conservatives and increasingly conservative, like increasingly socially and scary Republican-style conservative people in rural Ontario and parts of Quebec. And the reason why that's taken over is because of Brown Mulroney utterly destroying the Conservative Party in the 90s that led to them having only two seats in the House of Commons. And so in the wake of that, just slowly growing back, they've effectively been eaten and swallowed by the classic Reform Alliance people. Case in point, that's how Stephen Harper came to be a prime minister, as opposed to Peter McKay, who was the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party at the time. So there's that little history lesson. And then they unified. And then eventually people had enough of liberal scandals and liberal corruption. And we said, you know what? Yeah, let's give Stephen Harper and a bunch of these Westerners a shot. And nothing got better. Things very much got worse. And now, even more recently, the next example of this is in Alberta. Alberta, again, center of Western alienation, the oil sands and everything, always at odds with the East and particularly Ottawa and the Feds. And so in the last election where Stephen Harper was turfed, at that point, Alberta was actually being briefly led by an NDP government because, again, the right-wing parties had been split up. You had the Progressive Conservative Party of Alberta, which was very much on the way out. People were just, you know, having enough of them. But they also weren't quite comfortable enough voting for the second largest party after the NDP at that point, which was the Wild Rose Party. The Wild Rose Party is basically the Republican Party under the guise of Albertan pride and nationalism and arguably independence they're quite scary in a lot of ways in terms of what many of their members believe and push, including dangerous conspiracy theories. So a lot of people said, you know what, let's briefly give the NDP a chance. And so they did. And the NDP got to govern Alberta for a term. In that term, however, again, the conservatives realized, you know what, this is a bad idea because now we've split and we just really do not like the, the NDP. That's socialism, even though the Alberta NDP are basically the least left-wing NDP that you could probably find anywhere in Canada, but I digress. They said, this is bad, so we got to unite the right in Alberta. And so they did. And this brings us to Jason Kenney and Brian Jean. And so Jason Kenney ultimately won under dubious means, because of fucking course he did. And here's what happens next. They managed to unite the remains of the Progressive Conservative Party of Alberta and the Wild Rose Party of Alberta, and they together formed the United Conservative Party of Alberta, which is now in government, and as many Albertans will tell you, has been a spectacular failure of governance, corruption, and irresponsibility with every single portfolio. And so, all this to say... That if you're saying and looking at this news of the GOP potentially being destroyed, just think about what comes after that and how that could be worse. I'm reminded of a quote by David Frum, and I loathe David Frum, like, really despise that man. But he had a very prescient uh, quote from the book Trumpocracy. If conservatives become convinced that they cannot win democratically, they will not abandon conservatism. They will reject democracy. And as we've seen in the United States, 
you have a lot of people who before Trump was the nominee were utterly against it. No, no, not Trump. Oh, come on. Like any, anyone but Trump. I would like, I don't like Jeb, but I would vote for Jeb over Trump. Like you had people who felt that way about Trump. And you had several large, you know, well-known Republican senators and congressmen saying, oh, no, this would be really bad for the party. Once he was the nominee, however, well, got to be a team player because politics are a team spectator sport in America, apparently. And they went lockstep with their nominee, Donald J. Trump, and helped support him through all the terrible four years that America is just getting out of like the worst hangover ever. These same people who support the GOP and who would then swap over to a Trump-led party, which we all know would be, you know, fascist light party, if that, if we're lucky, those people would say, well, you know what, if it means defeating the Democrats, guess I'm gonna go with this party. And that is how fascism can become legitimized in what's supposed to be the world's greatest democracy. That's what's bothering me today. That is at the end of the day where all of this could potentially lead. And yet I see people celebrating this as if it's a really good thing. And while it may be good short term and gives us, you know, some nice giggles and smiles across our faces, what could come after this is very dangerous for a lot of people. And the fact that more people aren't recognizing that and thinking about that is definitely what's bothering me today.